March 21st, 2021. This is The Better Life. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. Living a better life means March Madness. Oh, does it ever mean March Madness? Uh, it is a uh, tradition that uh, was disrupted last year due, due to COVID. And the hype around it this year, the anticipation and everything was just sort of felt by everybody. You could tell everybody was still um, almost apprehensive a little bit uh, that maybe it might not happen, but it's underway. I will admit, though, this year, unlike many other years, um, I this is the year I was least prepared for March Madness, both with a plan on how to watch games, understanding sort of the um, uh, sort of the ratings and and what to know about what team and stuff like that. Uh, and I've I only had one bracket that I sort of done with. I didn't like join a bracket pool. I didn't uh, I didn't do even do one with friends. It was it's bizarre. I felt very disconnected from it uh, this year, much much uh, more so than any time in the past. But, of course, my bracket's busted uh, because when you're <laughs> unaware and unprepared, uh, I mean, you could, you could uh, make some interesting picks, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing went my way. Oral Roberts, of course, uh, upsetting. Illinois got upset uh, earlier today. Oregon passing with the COVID uh, ruling on, on VCU, I believe. So, um, I hope everybody, I hope, hope your bracket is somewhat intact. Hope that everybody is winning their bets uh, as these are going along. Um, uh, yeah, it's March Madness. It's good to see this back. Um, and if we make it all the way through with minimal impact from COVID, that would be great. Appreciate everybody's uh, patience as I get this episode out. A, a rare Sunday drop from me uh, today or this week. Uh, Mark and I recorded on Tuesday and, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I just, like my time was just spoken for. Uh, it was tough to get in front of the computer and sit down and, and edit, uh, the way that I like to. So, uh, here we are. I appreciate everybody's patience. I'm going to make this monologue brief. Um, I'll come back, um, on the back end for some brief comments and then, uh, I'll get this out the door and into your feeds, and then we'll be back this week with uh, with another episode, of course. So, um, without further ado, this is uh, Mark Duvall and I discussing two movies: Hard Eight and The Cooler. Enjoy. Uh, Mark Duvall from You Can Bet on That. How the heck are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Look, we got uh, the the chat's already popping. Tim Kennedy's in the house. Hello, Tim. Uh, Tim was in the uh, was in the poker tournament as well. I think he did better than I did, Mark. I believe he I believe he did better than <laughs> oh, I that's did. That's not saying much, Tim. Uh, no, it's true. But I will say, I I went into it. I was like, all right, I'm going to keep my expectations low. Uh, he did 67th. I did 90th. So yeah, he okay. was uh, he was um, uh, much better than I. Kawhi boy, Kawhi boy is in the house. Uh, what's going on, uh, Mark? Uh, I I got out 90th. Um, I lived by the ace and I died by the ace. Right. Um, it's a story of my tournament. Um, we'll see if I can remember. I, I took some like really poor notes, so uh, if you hear me, uh, if I if I get these wrong, uh, forgive me. But um, I believe I had uh, oh yeah, I had ace jack or something like that. This is like middle of the tournament. Maybe this is like a half hour in. Maybe less than that. Okay. And I was in with uh, Rando Shadow. Uh, I think we uh, you might recognize that that Twitter handle. Um, I was in a in a uh, in a hand with him. 
flop comes uh nine i'm not gonna remember what before i was in the- <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be precise just get yeah. the gist of it yeah yeah exactly well you know i listened to all like i listened to seven seven out and he's like yeah i was on the button and it was about a 55 <laughs> degree overcast day and i was wearing my button down shirt um so i had ace jack uh flop comes nine queen nine and I thought, oh, what are the ch- like? What are the chances to get that queen, right? Like, what are, you know, what's in? So I, of course, you, you look at your structure. I like, know, I'm already <laughs> reacting like, well, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't remember exactly the the betting sequence, but uh, it was just it was just small bets. Like there, it was a sort of like mm-hmm. small bet call, small bet call. He was stringing me along with top pair. That's what it yeah. was, right? Yeah. Um, and then I and then uh, I think I went. I ended up going all in on on the turn. Um, oh, oh, or no, he okay. put me all in, and I was like, Let's do this. Buddy. Oh <laughs> no, Tim, yeah, scare money, don't make no money. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, all right, uh, and I rivered an ace, so uh, I came out. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, so all right, I got my ace on the river. Uh, I, do- <laughs> <laughs> I doubled up, and he was super pissed. He was like, I wanted that $25 gift card. Um, uh, very good, and then I do remember. Uh, what do I have? Oh, yeah. Uh, later in the tournament, it was shortly after the break. Uh, I had uh, maybe 2,000 in chips. This is when blinds, I think, were 15300 I knew that it was time to, like, find a move to make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, m- maybe I'm, I was probably a little too an- uh, more antsy than maybe someone needed to uh, if they were more. Uh, yeah, Carl Schlegel calling me out on my suck out. It was absolutely a suck out. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, Michael James, John B., they were watching it. Like, they were listening to me in the Discord channel, like, narrate that i was like i got an ace like i i was very i knew i sucked <laughs> out um i got pocket fives uh going against oh uh, i don't even i forgot to write down is it's in the it's in our dm chat uh i got pocket fives uh against uh, another user and i was like all right well i think i was on i think i was on the button or maybe i was the big blind and everybody else folded it like he was the only one who who came in um I don't. The flop came. No, I'm so sorry. We we went all in before the flop. Okay. He had eight, he had ace four, uh, and he got an ace on the flop, and uh, I didn't yeah. I didn't get my five um, that I needed after yeah. that. So so quads uh, two fifty, right? Is that who took you out? Quads. That's two, right. Five, that's zero? exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So not sure if he's a listener of this show or just a listener of your show, but quads two fifty. If you're listening, uh, I'm going to email you uh, between now and when this episode actually releases, and make sure I get you. Um, your Amazon gift card. Good. Thanks uh, for doing that. Yeah, of course. And and probably uh Rando Shadow, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> uh you you can have a you can have a constellation private t shirt. Uh if there's one from the store that you don't have it uh, that you like, I feel bad for sucking out on that river. So uh <laughs> I'll send you uh, a t shirt for that. So did you did anybody get the royal? No, Any? nobody hit the royal. Uh, supposedly, uh, Doctor Mike's was looking at a table where there were four four royal cards on the board, but no one hit it. But nobody, no, the, a straight. They actually ended up splitting the hand. They each had a straight. So I'm taking Doctor Mike's word. I didn't actually see the cards, but no, nobody hit the royal. Uh, Mississippi Rob was kind of hoping uh, that this is where we're going to come in for the rebuy. Uh, like I, I, I know that you and Doctor Mike have said twice a year is kind of enough for both of you on on getting it arranged and and everything. But can we can we anticipate a fall fall session fall tournament? Yeah, I think we're going to stay on the pattern that we've developed over these last two. In other words, the Sunday before the NFL season starts, and then the Sunday selection Sunday for March Madness. Now. I didn't realize when we originally suggested 
Selection Sunday that very often that is also the time change. But I don't think it really affects the only the only pro- there was somebody in England who oh. said that he kind of miscalculated it and missed it. But I think everybody, at least uh, in North America, um, I don't think anybody was late. So but sure. to, yeah, answer your question. Yeah. Uh, Sunday before NFL season. Yeah, we'll do it again. Okay. Very good. And let me I'll tell you what, if you don't yes, mind, here please. here are a couple uh, of uh, here's a, a couple uh, of uh, words of advice. Very general words of advice when it comes to playing poker. Number one, you need a better hand to call an all-in than to go all-in. Okay, so I – oh, yeah, to call – yeah, so I prompted the all-in with the 5-5. Well, I'm talking about your previous hand. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, where he put you all-in. Yeah. And you, you, I believe, even though you sucked out, you need a better hand – to call an all-in. Now, I don't know what the chip stacks were. Sure. And this is a very general, broad statement. Right. But it's one thing to go all-in. And it's another thing to call an all-in. And yeah. you generally need a better hand to call an all-in. Because you don't know where you stand. So, my... So, I don't know how... I mean, you probably don't... You probably didn't think anything of it when you were when you were playing. But I was wondering, like, are people who are familiar with my moniker there, the better life, uh, are they going to play more aggressively against me? Um, because for either for the bounty or just cause it's fun to bully around, uh, the, the proclaimed gambler. So I think there was a little bit of pride in me in that moment where I was like, <laughs> I will not be bullied around in the, you can bet on that poker tournament. Damn it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, um, uh, but I think a little bit of both for sure. Yeah. You know, people want to take you out because they know who you are and for the bounty yeah. and you do have to adjust your play accordingly. So for example, I was making bigger pre flop raises than I normally yeah. would to get people out uh, when I wanted to get people out. I'd make it yeah. a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, you so, went in, everybody's gonna be like, well, I want to be in a hand with Mark. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want a lot of callers, that kind of thing. So, Oh, uh, Reverend Dave, Reverend Dave was at my table. Oh, okay. And, yeah. He was the and, champion last uh, tournament. Uh-huh. Oh boy. He like, before I knew it was the chip leader of the table and then was in like top 10 in chips on the tournament. And then he, he like, uh, he, I, I wasn't really paying attention to all of his hands, but like every time I went back, he was like down 30% chips, 30% chips. And then of course he gets to a point where he has to shove and he yeah. was out. It was like, it was the biggest <laughs> rise and fall uh, that I had seen um, in a poker tournament. He but. said that he was having some connection problems and yes. it had to switch from, uh, I guess, a PC to a mobile device and was struggling with some misclicks. Okay. So, um, you know, that might've had something to do with it, but yeah, you know, did, uh, uh, went out a lot earlier than last time for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mark, we are here. Oh, so one more thing, one more oh, thing. I'm so, I, I'm so I, sorry. My, my other piece want... of advice. I had one more okay. piece of advice. Okay. On poker. And then we can get on with the show. The other thing is bad poker players look for reasons to call good poker players look for reasons to fold. Now that's sure. a very broad general statement, but I think you can kind of take from that, you know, it's real meaning. Yeah. Is that a lot of times you do? Th- oh, I should call. Oh, he's bluffing me. I sh- I oh, you know, I've got like, a good enough hand. <laughs> I knew I should have pulled against Rando. I know yeah. it's yeah. It's um, uh, again, it was a uh, little point. Like I was just being proud, right? And yeah, I was being, right. I was yeah. being silly with like, you know, let me, you know, look. You know, I'm thinking, look, 
if I'm being completely honest, I'm thinking content, right? I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. the, the value of this hand content wise is huge. If I call, <laughs> if he is bluffing and I call him out on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that becomes like a fun story for uh, for the content. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of fun. I really, I'm glad I was able to make it happen this time. I wasn't able to join last time, and it was yeah, a lot good. of fun. Um, we had we had a handful of people in the Discord the whole time we were playing, and it was a lot of fun hearing people sort of narrate their hands as they're playing, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know the oh fucks and the you know yeah. <laughs> everything right. going on. So uh, a lot of fun. I I look forward to uh, to doing it again. And when when did you say the fall one is usually again? So the weekend, the Sunday before the NFL season starts. The Sunday before, so the so, uh, so seven before. days prior, essentially. So you know yeah. the end of August, beginning of September, something like that. Whenever the season starts, yep. Okay. Very good. Uh, Mark, we are here to talk about two gambling-related movies. We decided um, a show or two ago that we wanted to do movies for a little while, and uh, we were stuck with trying to figure out what movies could we do that were on streaming services and available for the audience to watch if they wanted to watch ahead of time. And we we narrowed it down, as at least for this first step, this first uh, iteration, The Cooler and Hard Eight. Um, which are two really well written and really well performed movies, um, which I which I kind of I mean not not that uh, you know others in the space aren't, but um, you know casino movies can be a little hokey sometimes, or they can be um, you know they, they can uh, they can settle I think a little bit on performance and stuff like that occasionally. If you go to, to the I'm thinking of the Ashton Kutcher one. I don't know why that's the one that keeps coming <laughs> in my head. When I, the, that Vegas, uh, that Vegas. What happens movie. in Vegas? What happens in Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are here to talk about Hard Eight and The Cooler. All right, let's start with, uh, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Hard Eight because that one came out first. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, no, really, what? that's, yeah, because yeah. I actually do have some things that kind of between oh. the two movies. So, oh, okay. yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, Very not good. a lot, but let's start with Hard Eight, yeah. Sure. Uh, Hard Eight released uh, in 1997, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, features Philip Baker Hall and John C. Riley uh, as the two main characters, Gwyneth Paltrow and Samuel L. Jackson uh, play supporting roles. And then, of course, of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, known for uh, a crap scene that we'll watch uh, eventually when we get there. Um, before we get into the scenes, a couple comments I have on this movie. Um John B had asked me when we were chatting in Discord if he should like how quickly he should go to watch this movie because he hadn't seen it before. And I was and I answered through the lens of a gambler when I said, yeah, watch it when you get a chance. But, you know, it's not, you know, don't it doesn't need to be at the top of your queue for any reason. And then I watched it again in preparation for this. And I was like, "Mm, I should that's that was the wrong answer. I should have looked at it through the lens of a movie watcher of someone who enjoys this movie. Um, Philip. I keep on because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I keep know on it's they both start with Philip. Yes, Philip the Baker same way, in fact. performance is yeah. absolutely phenomenal in this yeah. movie. The way he delivers lines, the way he controls the dialogue, the way that it almost seems like Gwyneth Paltrow and John C. Uh, Riley do a really good Riley. I, yep. I don't know. Yeah, Riley. Yep. John <laughs> Philip C. Riley. Just bring up everything for me. Um, <laughs> they do. A, they did a really great job as their characters to actually like like to be the kind of person who like hangs on every word from philip baker hall right and we all know um like even gwyneth paltrow's character you know says to uh john c Riley or says to 
Philip Baker Hall who, who plays Sydney, you know, like, oh, you know, uh, John hangs on your every word, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and they they do a really great job of of not only saying that and implying it, but really portraying it. Um, and I just I think uh, it, it might be one of my favorite performances in a gambling related movie is uh, Philip Baker Hall as Sydney here in in Heart Eight. Yeah, he is fantastic. Uh, people will probably he's probably best known for the role of Mr. Bookman, the library detective on an episode of Seinfeld, even though it's a small role and a very comedic role, it's still that, you know, Philip Baker Hall uh, attitude. That's where people will remember him from. But, oh, he's so good in all the movies that he does. He does have kind of a similar character, a similar tone to him, but boy, it sure is perfect for this movie. Yeah. Um, this is a movie that I had not even been aware of until I entered this community. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I even probably even heard it for the first time through a conversation either with some of you or I might have even heard it for the first time on a podcast. Right. Someone mentioned the movie about how it's um, and I and I watched it and um, it's uh, one get a, Gwyneth Paltrow playing a uh, playing a hooker will will take you will make you like really think about the the trajectory of an actor's career, <laughs> right? Like yeah. imagine if she got casted cast in a role now, it would seem it would seem like a bold role for her to take, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. You know, and and sure. she did such a wonderful job. Um, and so this came out first in 1997. Um, it takes place. It, the settings are both Vegas and Reno. So pretty much the opening scene we see is uh, Sydney walking up to John um, and John sitting outside this diner. He's clearly in a poor mood, uh, maybe down on his luck. Uh, and Sydney invites him in for a cup of coffee and a cigarette. And I love that Sydney really places value on this cigarette that he's offered. John, he mentions mm-hmm. it every time he likes to go talks about what he's, what he's offered John here. Well, um, and I, I think actually too, um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, this film is based on a short movie that he made called i think cigarettes and coffee or maybe coffee and cigarettes oh, you know, okay. something like that so those still play a, a big role yeah certainly there's always people bumming for a cigarette and let's get a cup of coffee yeah it's a big theme uh, throughout the movie so out of the out of the trivia that i saw on amazon prime I'm, they had like some random trivia but mm-hmm. like when i was watching the movie or before it i can't remember where i saw it but it said that uh the original original title for the movie was sydney sydney um, yeah. yeah and then um the studio pretty much was like no you can't we got a good call something else than that yeah uh and there we have hard eight uh so he walks up to john offers him a, a, a coffee uh some coffee and and a cigarette and when they go into the diner and sydney starts like trying to figure out what's going on with uh with john uh he asked uh did you come from vegas you lost some money and i love that john's like i broke even uh-huh. <laughs> and it just made me laugh because i had just ran this poll on twitter uh not too long ago like asking what it, like pretty much like what is what is i broke even or i'm about even really mean uh-huh. and only three percent of people said it means i'm about even right everybody else <laughs> right, admitted, right. like yeah it means something else yeah and, and, and sydney certainly knows when he hears it even though it's not he doesn't say anything sydney knows that i'm about even means you lost it all <laughs> yeah and it and and we get the, I mean, and they pay that off uh, at towards the end of the conversation when he admits, Sydney's like, well, how much do you have left? And John's like, nothing. I don't have right. anything left, right? Yeah. So it's clear that, yeah. Um, uh, Sydney asked if he was counting cards and then advises to stay away from Blackjack if you can't count cards. And I think this is the first signal that Sydney is an AP, right? Possibly, although... 
you know, he is certainly playing a lot of craps. And yeah. if, if I can just jump ahead a little bit, too, there's a scene kind of towards the first, like, one-third into the movie where Sydney is sitting in a booth in a restaurant and uh, John C. Riley's character comes up along with Jimmy, played by Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, Jimmy says that, oh, hey, you know, I, I remember you, Sydney. I once saw you at the Dunes bet $1,000 on a hard eight, press it to 2000 Right. And uh, Sydney asked him, oh, you know, did it hit? No, it didn't hit, but I really admired the move. And then Sydney says, it's a stupid bet. Right. So, you know, he's maybe he's an AP, but he's betting the hard ways and he knows it's stupid. So, you know, there's so there's some give and take there. But but back to your point, yes, he does say, hey, if you're not counting cards, you shouldn't be playing blackjack. At the same time, Sydney's betting on the hard ways, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, no, that maybe that was an old AP, uh, an old AP thing, right? Though you, you get all your money and you take what you want, and you throw it on the hard ways and just, oh, maybe. Uh, it's, it's as cover, you know. Then you know the camera's looking. Oh, he's betting the hard ways. We don't right. need to pay attention to him. <laughs> exactly. Um, a little further into the movie, uh, we're gonna actually watch this clip. Sydney walks John through a old school compostle. Uh, to get him a room, and I knew this was something that the that our audience would uh, appreciate. Uh, here, here's that clip. Okay, much better. So what now? First of all, I lied when I said fifty. You're gonna need hundred and fifty. I knew it. Hey, hey, hey! Just relax, John. Listen to me. You listening? You go over there to the slot machines. You go to that woman in the cashier's cage and you ask her where you can find the floor man. She'll point to a guy in a tuxedo, the floor man. You find this guy, you approach him and you say, John Finnegan. So anyway, I just, like I just flew into town and um, you know, I'm gonna be playing in this casino. I like this place and um, I'm gonna be spending some money and hey, you know, I'm, I hope I win some money and um, I just I just need someone to keep track of what I'm spending, you know, because I I'm an impulsive gambler, and um, can can I get a rate card? I got it. He gave it to me. Good. You take this hundred and fifty dollars. You take it to that cashier, and you cash it in for dollar tokens. You'll make a note on the rate card saying the amount you've cashed in the time of day. Hi. Hi. I'd like uh, 150 in dollar tokens, and here's my rate card. There we are. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Now you're going to find a slot machine. Find one that's off to the side a bit, but don't go unseen by the floor man. Sit at that machine, and you play $20. Only 20 So make it last. Play slowly, one dollar at a time.
Hey. Did you order a drink? Huh? Did you order a drink? Oh, yeah, they're free. It'll turn out to be a $150 cocktail. Don't drink. Okay, sorry. It's all right. Did you finish that 20? Almost. Get your stuff. Come with me. Give the cashier $100 in token. She'll give you cash and get a bill. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'd like to uh, cash these in, please. Would you like a bill or some 20s? A bill. All right. There you are. Thank you. You're welcome. Now you're going to give this cashier the bill and the rate card and ask for more tokens. Hi. Hi. I'd like another hundred dollars in tokens, please. Here's my rate card. That's, uh, good luck. Thank you. So, how much do you have on your rate card now? Uh, well, I cashed a hundred and fifty first, and then another hundred, so two fifty. And you have only spent twenty dollars. So you just keep circling the bill, John. Cash to tokens, tokens to cash. Now, slowly spend what's left of the 50, but that's just for show when the floor man comes around. Do it for an hour, take a break, do it again for an hour, so on. Be around. Where? I'll find you. So um, what, a few things that I love about that, um, uh for obviously one just this old school comp hustle right yes like old school yeah yeah and and boy was it a little simpler back in the day goodness <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you couldn't do that now <laughs> no way uh but i i love that uh i love that you know as you watch the movie you can you know that sydney drinks right drinking isn't uh isn't he's not opposed to drinking in general but he like makes a point like when you're doing this, you don't drink, right? Like like you're what you're doing right now is a this is a function, right? You have to like you have to stay, you know, you can't drink during this because <laughs> it turned into a hundred fifty dollar cocktail. Because sure enough, there are a couple too many of those, and John be like, oh, who cares? 20, 30, 40, you know. Um, and so I love that uh, you know, uh I, I love that even, you know, we see it a lot in AP movies now, 21, stuff like that, like this, like this, you know, smart gamblers don't drink. It's nice to see that even 20 years ago they had the the you know the the character still knows, look, what you're doing right now, you're doing something very specific to get a room. And in this process, you do not drink. Right. Yes. Um and anytime you teach someone sort of a casino trick there's that aha moment where they realize oh snap this is how this works and i love that john c Riley shows that right there's a there's a moment where like, you can kind of see in his face where he's like oh wow this this is how this works um which i thought was uh which i thought was um that was nice as well yeah he, riley does a good job of kind of not knowing what he's doing like when he first talks to the floor man right he's kind of rambling a little bit yeah. right he, he's afraid to get to the point that i'd like a rate card that's really all you know the most important thing like, i want to be gambling a lot you know i'm gonna keep track yeah of i'm gonna be gambling oh i hope i win and even oh i'd like to cash this in please another thing too it's interesting now uh, uh sydney tells him ask for a bill 
and a bill means a hundred dollars as opposed to twenties. And I certainly don't hear that much. Just a hundred referred to as a bill. Usually in a casino at the cashier, they'll ask you if you want large. Right. Large means you know hundreds. So I again, I don't know if that's common anymore. If anybody really hears that, Do you, have you ever heard a, a just a hundred dollar referred to as a bill? Um, no, I've never heard just the word bill. I've, yeah, uh, yeah, same thing. I've heard large bills, right? Like, but the large keyword yeah. there is large, right? So, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, by the way, Taylor from the Mexico said that he hasn't seen the movie and watching that just made him anxious. It's a good movie. <laughs> is, if, yeah. if, if, if the we'll watch one more clip from this movie, if you get inspired to watch that, they're on Amazon Prime Video, uh, both yeah. this and the cooler. Yep. Uh, what else from this, this sequence do you have notes on? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't have any additional notes other than the first time I saw this movie, which was probably in the early, early 2000s. I just thought, okay, I'm definitely going to enjoy the rest of this movie. Just this right. whole sequence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Um, by the way, uh, Michael James is in the house. Hello, Michael. Um, okay. Um, when they, when, when they're in the room uh, later, they, they both go um, a Sydney comes up to John's room. John explains how not only did he do it, uh, but he actually won a little bit of money. Yeah, He got lucky. won a bit of a jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> and so he, he's kind of on cloud nine of not only does this work, but I came away with some money, pays back um, the money that, that Sydney uh, loaned him to be able to, to do the, um, to, to do that whole function. Um, and uh, signal number two, that maybe, um that maybe sydney's a bit of an ap he said you used uh john asked did you do do you do this and sydney says not anymore right right so um you know i know we don't really view comp hustling necessarily as ap but there's definitely an overlap uh oh, in, i'd i'd say that's uh, AP. you think so sure, sure. yeah i think okay. so yeah yeah very good uh and then <laughs> you don't you don't actually get to see uh what this leads to but the the end of this scene ends with john turning to sydney going are you gonna go gamble? <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Can I? Can I just come watch?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's it was that it's again it's it's really well representative of a new learning gambler realizing someone knows a whole lot about this that they don't and just sort mm -hmm. of wants to be around while it happens. So yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, we it, then it cuts uh to a two years later uh slate. And um, we go to uh, the next. And by the way, I, the I'm only covering scenes where there's uh, you know casino or or gambling uh, notes we made. It if I'm not going to go through the plot here, right. um, but um, when they cut to this uh, this two years later, it starts in a uh, sort of diner lounge restaurant area, and there is a casino runner. Or I'm sorry, there's a kino runner. Yep. And uh, I saw that and I was like, man. I, I, you know, we had to hunt one down, right? We had to like, we had <laughs> I know to, it's, I, I, I long for the old days where they were coming up to you trying to get yeah. you to play. Yeah. And in fact, Sydney fills out a sheet. Sure does plays. Uh, not only does he fill, fill a sheet out when he's uh, a few minutes later, when he's in a conversation with Samuel L. Jackson, uh, he actually goes, uh, he actually stops mid sentence and, yep. and like looks over to the screen. He says, excuse me a second. Yeah. He yeah. wants to check his card. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a gambler right there i love it um yeah you mentioned it you already mentioned at the top um about samuel jackson of course i forgot to put his actual name uh character name jimmy uh, jimmy, jimmy that's name. right uh jimmy tells a story about sydney uh betting the hard way uh hard way pressing it for 2000 uh and he's you know sydney said it was a bad bet what's 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 important here though is i want to I make sure that when he tells a story he says that that uh that Sydney pressed it for 2000 and then it didn't hit. And that's actually kind of important for a few scenes uh, going, um, uh, going, it's a nice little runner, like a little, little string they put through uh, mm-hmm. in these, in some of these scenes. Um, yeah. So when I saw, when, good. when I saw the, the film for the first time, for whatever reason, Sydney saying that's a stupid bet, admitting that he had made a stupid bet. It really stuck with me. Uh, and uh, it's funny because I hadn't seen the movie in a long time and there were a lot of things I had forgotten, but that really stuck, stuck with me was that he had made the bet. He bet a lot of money on it and he wanted to emphasize that. Yeah, it's a stupid bet. Yeah. It's a stupid bet. <laughs> uh, I find myself making hard ways and we'll talk about this by the way, next week, color up is going to come, uh, come on the yeah, podcast great. talking all craps. Um, and, uh, I'll bring up sort of my feelings on each bet then, but hard ways have really just become a dealer, a, t- a dealer tip for me. That's really all they are. Yeah. If okay. I'm feeling froggy, I'll throw one out there for, for the crew, but, uh, it's, it's difficult to get me to, to put some money on, on a hard way. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, at 30 minutes. I just there was a really great wonder, uh, one like a and a wonder being a single shot that never breaks of Sydney walking through the casino. Really great shot. Yeah. Um, that that thought was notable here. And um, I think they were filming that at uh, Pepper Mill Reno. Whether okay. it was supposed to be in Reno or Las Vegas, I think it was supposed to be Las Vegas. But anyway, so I think Pepper it's Mill- Reno. So that, yeah. that that two years that later slate actually says Reno, Nevada. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Well, then I stand corrected when I said, you know, none of it takes place in Reno. So, yeah, it's definitely the Pepper Mill. And in fact, uh, in that scene uh, at the table, you can see a Kino card. And it's kind of blurry because of the focus of the camera, but it says Pepper Mill on it. Oh, okay. Cool. I've been to Reno once. I, I rode my motorcycle twice uh, or a couple of times to uh to lake tahoe because i'm in california i can't bet on it there's no casino like oh, there's some tribal casinos but i was like i wanted to bet on sports so yeah. <laughs> uh, i i i went to tahoe a couple times i went to reno once or twice i think um i don't remember i think i went to cal neva it's the only one i only casino I remember going into in reno but i was there for like a few hours i didn't stay long enough to like really like go see reno and go see the casino so um i remember being underwhelmed when i rolled into, into reno <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that <laughs> yeah um so uh this wasn't gambling related but it, it was a really great line delivered by uh by um goodness this phillips or philip baker hall mm. uh when john says referring to jimmy says he doesn't think you like him and sydney pa- like perfect perfect pause he goes i, I don't <laughs> yeah yeah there's no beating around the bush it's yeah me. that's great uh at about 42 minutes in um uh they i came out that they part ways for some reason and sydney says i'll be in the sports book or playing poker signal number three that i think he's an ap um right those those are the two places he might be somewhere where you can clearly get an edge over your uh over the the odds right yep and you actually see him at a poker table at one point i think there are only three players it looks like maybe they're playing stud seven card stud but yeah they they it's a very brief scene they show him at the table yep um all right. Well, I think uh, think that brings us, yeah, 43, about the 43-minute mark. 
comes to uh, comes to one of my favorite scenes in a casino or gambling related movie, possibly my favorite craps uh, crap scene. Um, it shows him playing poker before he gets to a craps table. Uh, across the table from him is Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, and of course, I had to pull that uh, that clip for us to watch here. Yep. Again, bet 11 after seven. Come on, old timer, you gonna join us here, my friend? Come on. I don't wait for old people. I don't wait for old people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's see those. Here we go. Eight easy eight. We're out on a point of eight. Better back hard. Okay, I'm gonna light a cigarette now, old timer. See, the thing is, I like you, and I'm gonna light a cigarette, and I'm gonna let you have this time to place your bet before I finish lighting this cigarette. And then when I finish lighting, I'm just gonna roll and fuck you. <laughs> You're laughing at that? I just said, fuck you to the man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the way you look, I think you know what I'm saying, old timer. I think you do. Jesus Christ, why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. <laughs> All right, shaka like a do, shaka like a dooby dooby doo, shaka like a do. You got a little bit more there, coming in there, baby. Shaka like a do, baby. I'm almost lighting it, baby. I'm gonna light the cigarette, old timer. What are you gonna do? Two thousand dollar heart eight. Two thousand dollar heart eight's a bet. The fuck. <laughs> oh man, you play that game, don't you? Oh shit. <laughs> You're big time. You are big time. <laughs> oh, card eight. Oh, okay, here we go. All right, here we go. All right. It's for you, big time. All right, not even looking. Here we go. Hey, six, hard six. Hard six, that's a hard six, old timer. That's not bad for me. That's not bad for me, is it, sister? It is Sister Sledge. <laughs> there we go, it's me and you. You know what I'm saying? For fucking hundred. Party! Hundred. Me and you, big time. Me and you. You can buy yourself another suit with this roll. <laughs> 44. Fucking 44, big time. 2,000. 2,000, 100, 100, 2,000, 100, 2,000, Hey, big time, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> so, the, man, uh, Eric gives me a hard time for liking that scene as much as I do. Uh, Why? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Eric just likes to give me shit about things, I suppose. <laughs> but um, 
the, there's so many things I love about that scene, but I'm going to start with the thing, looking at this through the lens of how we look at the each, each of these. The thing that I enjoy the most is that it lost on an easy way, not on a seven. I and, love that. And it's the point, right? Yes, it's a pass exactly. line winner. That is one of my favorite parts of the whole scene is that it's actually a winner, front line winner. But, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, he, he knows that, people aren't going to not everybody's going to understand craps so right. it's very clear that they lost their bet yep but you know yes it was a frontline winner easy eight <laughs> yep such i that little bit of I was like, it's like it's one of those things that is accessible to everybody but particularly um good for game like gamblers really appreciate that right that yep. little because like what everybody's heard oh seven out i mean even worse oh it crapped out right <laughs> like if we heard yeah, like right, a, right. Heard sure. a character say that so um other things the the holding of the like th that character is some like i actually obviously has haven't seen that entire character at a uh, at a table before it'd be great if someone recited that entire monologue to me while I was at, a, <laughs> at a craft table but there's little bits of that that i've just seen in so many people at, a, at like the guy who's going to like smoke it like the whether it's a cigarette or not, the guy who does something that like kind of draws the the attention into him before he goes to roll, right? Like that that shooter who loves to like being a shooter is like this attention thing. Um, giving someone a, like ribbing someone on the other end of the table, that's you know a craps trope. Um, you know, holding the dice, showing the dice, showing right? the heart eight, yep. yeah, mm -hmm. um, calling forty four. I mean, there's just so many parts of this. Not only, for, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I thought, I think, crushed this, um, uh, this, this, this monologue. But you know, the writing behind it, the the visuals, like it, it's like I that is at a craps table, and it's not some stupid normal craps trope of people around right. a craps table, people yes. fly. It, it is an actual. There's an actual character who's behaving in a way that is so believable yet so entertaining it's just so well done uh thank you for coming to my ted talk on the crap scene from yeah no but i <laughs> agree and there's nothing wrong with the scene you know a lot of times we'll say oh well you know they're they're using the wrong kind of dice or you know that, that you wouldn't have a bet there on the table you know uh he, he took some care into uh, pt anderson again took some care into getting it right um, and then this is, of course, this is the $2,000 hard eight, right? We'd already heard from Jimmy's story that he played a $2,000 hard eight uh, at the at the Sands and got um, uh, and lost that. He loses this one, obviously, um, and it'll come back up. There isn't actually, and again, I'm not going to get into the, the plot line here um, of the movie, but after this crap scene, there's a couple plot events, twists, whatever, that have nothing to do with gambling. Um, and then it comes around towards the end of the uh, end of the movie, and Jimmy, uh, played by uh, Samuel Jackson, has a bunch of money that he's acquired in in a way, and he goes to play craps, and he bets two thousand dollars on the hard eight, and it hits. Mm -hmm. He wins. He wins that bet. So here's his two thousand dollar hard eight that's been mentioned or made a few times during the show, and then that last one it finally hits. I'm not going to talk about the ending of uh of of hard eights. Um, but that's uh those those are the those are the scenes that I found notable. Now, when when there's a when there's a movie or a show like this where like the casino is a very much part of the atmosphere and different scenes, not talking about every. I'm not going to talk about a scene just because it was in a casino, right? If there isn't something notable about that scene. Um, overall, great movie. I agree. Uh, it had been a long time since I'd seen it. Uh, I had forgotten 
uh, sort of the plot that you're talking about that kind of moves on from about the the halfway point on. And somehow in my head, I'd remembered it being a lot more complicated. And it's actually a very straightforward, simple plot. And that's not a complaint. If anything, you know, it's a compliment because it, it really is a great movie. It it I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it again. Um, I do have some notes here, some of the things that uh, that didn't really fit into our conversation. But um, there's certainly a lot of humor in the movie, even though ultimately it's kind of a dark movie. Uh, there's some very funny things. For example, uh, when at the beginning of the movie, when John is going through this, this hustle to get a room, he's playing a slot and right next to him is uh, a couple of newlyweds. They're still in their wedding outfits. <laughs> They're playing the slot and the bride has a neck brace on. There's no explanation as to why, She's talking to John. Oh, you know, we're oh, we're not doing all that good. Seems very happy. Just yeah. thrown in there. A bride with a neck brace playing at the slot next to him. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, to kind of emphasize what John's character was like early on in, in the scene where he says, oh, can I go watch you gamble? He puts his shoes on and they're Velcro shoes. You know, just a, a little touch there. You know, they're just simple Velcro shoes as opposed right. to, you know, shoes with the uh, laces on them. Um Later on, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, Clementine, she gives her, she needs to give her keys over to, I think it's to Sydney. Yeah. And the key ring is just huge. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's, it's ridiculously huge, right? And again, you know, just kind of a nice touch. And uh, one more thing, too, uh, during the course of the plot, um, the I'll just go ahead and spoil this part. John and Clementine end up getting married sort of off camera and they're trying to decide where they go for their honeymoon. And the scene is actually a very um, suspenseful scene or stressful scene for reasons that I won't give, but they've got to decide right away, where are they going to go right. to get out of Reno and go on their honeymoon? And they spend a lot of time talking about it when it really doesn't matter. Right. And it's, it's played for kind of comic relief. So, uh, you know, in some ways kind of a dark comedy, but some uh, nice little things put in there. Uh, I will say that at one point, Sydney bought in in the middle of a hand at the craps table. Again, perfectly legal. Right. But, uh, you know, not good etiquette. He definitely did do that. And, I, you know, I'd have to go over it again. But this was this happened in actually both the movies. A couple of uh, two-handed dice handling. You know, uh, you're only supposed to use one hand. Even if it's like, you know, you just can't yeah. have, you know, both hands doing it. Uh, I think that did happen, but it was sort of a minor thing, but I thought I'd brought it up since we're talking about gambling. I think that's one of those things uh, to give a little bit of grace. I think it's one, I mean, not that people need to see dice go between two hands, but I think there's, there's being able to have someone use two hands makes it look like the character is more involved with the game. And I think that yeah. makes it more accessible to non gamblers, right? That's true. Like, yes. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, of course, something that we're going to, you know, nitpick and be, you know, shake our finger at. But I definitely I could see it even I could even see making the the decision. Uh, let's just let's just leave it because, you know, it makes them look more because because it, 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 it squares. It lets them be squared up at all times. Right. Versus having to, like, maybe shift for dice, yeah. throwing, you know, whatever it may be. So, yeah, um, I'm just hypothesizing there a little bit. But, yep. <laughs> yeah, there's. um, Yeah, that's hard eight. That's hard eight. I'll I'll say one more thing that'll oh, kind of yeah. bring it all the way around to the better life. 
So John C. Riley plays John, a pretty well-known actor, certainly now, maybe not so much at the time. But you certainly recognize him. He's he's known to Adult Swim fans as Dr. Steve Brule from Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, which was kind of an offshoot from Tim and Eric. And I'm not talking about Tim Lawson and Eric Rosenthal. I'm talking about uh, Tim, Eric, awesome show, great job. Something like that. I can't actually think of the title right now. From it's Adult the title Swim. Title something? Or are you trying to compliment here? No, no, it's Tim and Eric. T- Tim okay. and Eric. Uh, yeah, Tim and Eric. Uh, is it? Is it awesome show? Great job. Anyway, I don't know. it's I watch, Adult I'll, Swim. I watch you one should, show on Adult Swim, and you yeah. should you should know this. I'm ashamed that you don't know this, but right. yes, Tim and Eric. Look it up. I will hate Adult Swim. It's sort of anti-humor. If I don't know if you've seen seen Check It Out with Steve Brule, it's almost anti-humor. Like, what am I watching? Is this supposed to be funny? How come it's not funny? And that's why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The the only thing. Oh, I have one more note here. This I just thought this was funny. There is a character who is less important to the plot, who is higher on the credit list to uh, than Philip Seymour Hoffman. So like the credit list starts uh, with like the main characters, and then as soon as it kind of gets out of the first four or five. Um, there's a character whose role who is literally just to lay there. <laughs> right. They are credited higher on the list than Philip Seymour Hoffman, which yes. I thought was interesting. Like, like this guy doesn't have like a speaking role or, or yeah, like right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, the cooler. The cooler came out in 2003. So what's that? Was that 10? No, uh, 97. So six years later. Six years. Uh, in uh, in 2000, directed by Wayne Kramer um it um uh, uh stars uh mario maria is it bello it's gonna yeah, be maria bello oh, yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> maria oh my goodness um maria <laughs> bello and william h macy and alec baldwin and also uh ron livingston for uh yes, all you yeah. office space fans out there um he was he was one that i did not anticipate the first time i watched this right and i saw i was like ah and of course did you do that thing We're like that's a guy from office space yeah right i liked him better in office space but here he is uh <laughs> in the cooler um i have a lot of notes actually here for for the cooler yeah, i do too. um i think so uh the open the movie opens with just a really great aerial shot of vegas um and considering that aerial shot is probably about 20 years old um i was really impressed not only in how well it was done but just sort of like that like oh man that's that's it is a, it's a lot of fun they cover the strip they cover downtown yeah it's really fun to watch yeah uh the um um players are it sort of it, it starts out sort of um uh with you know with him sort of at the um um at the the casino there players are winning uh and they call in the cooler uh, and he walks in, uh, William H. Macy's character walks in and he starts touching some tables, walking past others and people start losing. And I actually thought it was a really great way to people who don't understand the term, the cooler to like right off the bat, be like, this is what we mean, this right? Is it, yeah. This mm-hmm. is what being a cooler means. Right. Um, around six minute mark, uh, he touches a guy who's on a hot roll and the guy immediately, uh, sevens out. Um, and then. Uh, and he he plays uh, he plays at other tables. People do nothing but lose. Um, do you have any, do you have any comments on notes on this opening sequence of sort of him meandering around the casino and 
just getting people to lose. No, I think you covered it. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's it, it. Like you said, the movie right up front says, okay, here's what a cooler is. Here's what he's doing. Exactly. So Shelly is in, is in his office with some corporate people, some people or some people who want to uh, make, not corporately, but want to make the casino better. One right, of them and being, just, So Shelly is Alec Baldwin's character. He's basically right. the owner of the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Um, <laughs> by the way, Alec Baldwin killed this role. Killed it. I thought he did so good. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'll have something to say. Maybe we can talk, you know, once it's over. But, uh, I, you know, I've seen him in so many things that uh, I, I agree he does kill it. But it, it, it it's almost like it's a parody. You know, I, I mean, he's oh, such good sure. at comedy that, yeah. you know, now that I've seen him in so many things, I, I'm almost laughing, you know, when he's kind of really pouring it on. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's that's true, but yeah, um, he's fun to watch always. Uh, the uh, yeah, so Shelly, so Alec Baldwin, Shelly is in his office uh, with the, with a few people, and they introduce him to this guy. Uh, I can't remember Ron Livingston's character's name, but Ron Livingston's character, Larry. Larry, thank you. He um, he makes him like some like says that he you know he's a math guy he's got some ideas to like you know help the place and shelly calls the strip disneyland and then blames steve win yes love that that diatribe it's so good it it is so good and i thought that i was like what a like way to read the room right like what a (laughs) what a great line to have in a movie like this to like to know to make that comment because i had to have resonated with a lot of people in 2003 right yeah um so i I love that line um and and then he calls uh and so again this is 2003 uh they refer to fremont as nostalgic and i think i thought that it made me sort of pause and think about like I know that we consider like Fremont and downtown a little bit like there's some nostalgia there, but I, I mean, I don't think it's there anymore. Do you agree? Like, do you think the nostalgia of downtown that we romanticize downtown with, do you think it even really exists anymore yeah, other than maybe sort of these gaudy looking casinos that haven't updated in, in decades? Yeah, maybe not as much anymore. And, yeah. you know, some of it is the canopy, which, you know, even in this movie existed, but a lot of it's the canopy. Uh, some of it is, well, gosh, you know, circa now, right. You know, it's, it's downtown is changing. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll agree. Not as much, but you're certainly going to see more old Vegas downtown than on the strip. Sure. What do you, so like, if someone was like, I want to like, like what's the closest old Vegas experience. You want to think, think too hard about this, but like, other than the casinos themselves, is there something that the casinos offer? Is there an experience in in downtown that is old Vegas esque? The coffee shop at Four Queens. Okay. Um, yeah, because it really is a coffee shop. Uh, I think it's called Magnolias, and uh, it's been a while since I've eaten there. But you know, there were Kino runners, okay. so it's kind of that's what I think of old Vegas coffee shop steak and eggs for you know 2.99 right you know runners that's what i think of as old vegas if you're talking beyond the whole casino and everything yeah sure okay uh around the 11 minute mark but probably one of my favorite uh shots in the whole um people can see it's probably in behind my uh i'm moving the wrong yep. way the yep. better life motel <laughs> i was so excited when i saw this movie uh i caught a few or watched this movie a few years ago and i was and of course, I the first time I'd seen it, it doesn't pay, does, I pay no mind to it, right? You know, years years and years ago, 
I watch it again after I get into this, and I'm like, hey, that's the name of my podcast. Yep. Uh, a lot of fun yep. for me there, Mark. Yeah, so that's the hotel basically where William H. Macy's character Bernie, the cooler, lives. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, the, oh, goodness. Um, what do I have? These, these notes are, I, I should do a better job of um, uh, taking notes. Um, oh, yeah. So this guy, um, uh, this guy is at the craps table. They call him over to cool him. Um, or I'm sorry, they don't call him like, uh, the waitress goes over there, uh, and he, the guy at the table, like sexually assaults her, like puts his hand on her breasts and like to tip her and stuff like that. And William H. Mace, uh, uh, Mace's character, uh, Bernie, he's like, he decided like to, to, to impress her. He shows how he can like ruin his day by making like, so he like walks over there and he cools the table and the guy sevens out right away. And I was like, what a bizarre flex. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange way to impress someone like hey i know that guy just uh just upset you let me show you how i can make him lose a whole lot of money <laughs> uh the around the 30 13 minute mark i'm sorry around the 24 minute mark um the she is now um and of course goodness i put i put she thinking of course i'll just remember their names right uh <laughs> natalie uh natalie, is yes. is what she is uh, her name um Natalie uh, is um, with Bernie uh, hooking up with them and you see a, a pair of dice tattooed on her tush uh, and it shows a hard four. Yeah. Uh, and I made, you know, like I saw it. I was like, oh, those are dice. And then I waited. I was like, I rewinded it. And I was like, what's on the dice? Like, what is it showing? <laughs> right. And when I saw the, important. yeah, it is important. Yeah. And when I saw the hard four, I was like, okay, that's, that's actually significant, right? There has to be, uh, and of course, you know, it, it, we, we, we will learn here in a, in a second uh, what that's for. Um, stop me if you got any notes here. Uh, nope, I'm, gonna... I'm going along. It's the same kind okay. of thing. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, around a 30-minute mark, he sits down at a blackjack table to cool it, and he starts starts kind of going on uh, a hot streak there at the blackjack table. Can't lose, right? right? The implication here is his his luck has turned around, probably from getting laid, right? And right, exactly, look, yeah. Um, I feel better about losing after I've gotten laid, Mark, but my luck never like really turns on a dime like that. I've uh, really, yeah, huh. I've, yeah, it's just, I I've, guess I've, our experiences are different. Look, I've lost my ass the morning after before, but you know, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't translate, unfortunately. One thing uh, I want to say about that yes. scene too, the dealer in the, the first part of the scene, the dealer is showing an ACE. And so he asks if anybody wants insurance and then he checks his down card and we can see it. It's a five. Oh my gosh. Does he expose that five? Exposes the if, crap you, out of it. if you were in that casino and you could get a spotter behind the table or you were good at hold carding. Oh my gosh. I mean, anytime there's an ACE up, uh, your spotter could tell you exactly what he had. He really exposed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh around the 37 minute mark they're talking and we learned the tattoo of the two dice uh is for little joe and i love this that they knew that the hard fours referred to as little joe yeah. now i wanted to have a small conversation with you here about the little about little joe it is actually my favorite hard way and when i when i if i ever want to make a bet for myself for some reason on the hard ways if that ever happens i usually make it a hard four little joe okay. and i will call little joe 
and I I do it as a way to sort of test the the dealers, right? Like okay. I'll, and I'll like for little Joe, and I've had them argue. I've had dealers get clarification, not because they didn't know that it was a four, but because they didn't know if I wanted the hard way or if I wanted to place the four. Sure, making the case that that a f- any four is referred to as a little Joe, which I disagree with. Uh, okay, I have always understood that little Joe is any four. Okay. That's that's how I've always understood it. I mean, oh. from, yeah, my early, okay. yeah. Well, you have a lot more experience than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I will I will submit to uh, that it is any four. Um, I, I mean, I imagine if you threw your chip into the middle, you know, to the stick, and you right. said, you know, little Joe, well, they're, they know it's going to be a hard way. You're probably not wanting right. to make a hot bet. So in that case, you know, since you're actually throwing to the stick as opposed to the dealer in front of you, there's no question as to whether it's a place bet or a, a hard way bet. So. Now, I've asked a lot of dealers a lot of questions about the 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 lore of craps, why things are called certain things and et cetera. And I've gotten some really interesting or of, of casino games in general, I, I should say. And I've gotten some really interesting stories and theories on like why the why we why monkey is used when we're looking for a face card, stuff sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I've asked about Little Joe and the most interesting story that I've gotten about Little Joe is that there was a bowler who used to be able to hit a two two split and like a dealer like saw it happened and just started calling his hard fours little joe or something like that and i was like that's my favorite story okay. i don't think it's true but it's my favorite story <laughs> okay sounds yeah. good uh, so yeah um then around 45 minutes uh they're back with the, the 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 group that's uh that like sort of runs the casino and uh, they they pitch a new casino that that uh, Shelley ultimately doesn't like, um, and uh, he refers to Shangri La, the casino they're at, as real Vegas. And it made me think: what what casino do you think is like the mean, the median of casinos in Vegas? Like, what do you think is the most average casino in Las Vegas? If you were and and like. Um, if you were to almost use it as sort of like the starting point for how how Vegas goes and like the deviation goes like towards the small the the worst properties to the nicer properties like if you like what 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 property do you think is like like that sort of encapsul- encapsulates Vegas for the most part and then your you know experience varies depending on how much more or less you want to spend from there. Okay, like the mean or the median. Yeah. Uh that's a good question. The thing that, the one that jumps out to mind right away is Harris on the strip. Right, we got because uh Tis thinks uh Bally's which I think is a Bally's, good Bally's that's a yeah. good answer too. I I go along with that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You, you said Harris? I said Harris, yeah, but yeah. um yeah, because there's there's nothing, you know, terribly special about it. It's certainly not high end, but it's not a dump. So right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Harris and Bally's are, are good answers there. Good answers, yeah. Yeah. Um a few minutes later, a guy rolls a seven out after hitting <laughs> hitting a guy's head with the dice. Um and then uh, a couple of later a couple later a couple uh rolls later that same guy uh calls it crapping out or saying he crapped out and i was like come on dude don't yeah. do that yeah um th- th- yeah there's you know there's a certain amount and it, it, that's what i loved about hard eight was there weren't you, there weren't there wasn't really anything wrong that you could point out this movie has 
spot on great things and then some wrong things. So if we can talk about this scene actually for a second. So the, the, um, sh the person who gets hit with the dice first is Nikki. He's like a mob boss or, you know, they don't actually say it, but he's kind of like the mob boss that's come to talk to Shelly about the casino. Right. And when he's about to roll, he he makes a bet, and I want to see if maybe you heard the same thing. He says he wants a hundred dollar, hundred dollar on red, and a hundred dollar big yellow. And at first, I'm thinking, oh, maybe he said yo. So I rewound and listened a couple of times. It really does sound like big yellow, and I couldn't find anything big yellow. What does that mean? I don't know. Does that ring a bell with you at all? <laughs> I don't. I don't recall catching that um there's a chance i was making my i was making i was finishing notes for something else as that that seemed yeah. going go but... back and listen to it again because once okay. he establishes a point he does take like a 25 dollar yo and it's very okay. clear right but you know i listened to it again and even if you were betting a yo you wouldn't say big yo so i don't know if this is the actor ad libbing or is really in the skid or, or in the script or if it's i don't know but i just thought that was interesting Okay, <laughs> I live in, Yeah, I just make up some casino stuff. No, yeah, I don't know. know. But see, then that then the thing, everything else is good. He bet on red, which of course yeah. is seven, and he bet a yo, which of course is eleven, and he I think he immediately sevens out. Um, and you know, so the, things are things make sense and things don't make sense. And uh, there are a couple other instances I'll talk about too as we go along. Okay, very good. Um, oh goodness, well I'm just um, uh, clicking all over the place um what do we got here um oh yeah so he ends up seeing his uh um uh lutz is his nickname but bernie uh ends up seeing his son who you see end up they run into earlier in the movie um he ends up giving his son some money and they see him then gambling with that with the money he gifted him at the casino i have a couple couple clips here it's chopped up a little bit more maybe we can get away with this more okay. without, the, <laughs> without disrupting the the feed but yeah. uh this first one he uh, he walks up and notices his son playing With blue tires. With shoes. Oh, yeah. Dealers got shoes. That's Come on, right. Come on, guys. Six, six, three, five, and a four. Let's do it. Can we get it? Can we get it? Come on. We got a shooter. Oh, yeah. The first thing I want to point uh, point on here is um, the the shoes term there. That's new to me. I've not heard. Oh, that. is it really? Oh, that okay. That is new to me. Yeah, and I, I actually had. To, I actually, I did. Re, I did it. Well, I didn't rewatch when I was when I was watching it again today to get the clip. I remember thinking, like, man, like I don't like. I was trying to think, like, have I ever heard that before? And I don't think I have. Okay, so yeah, this was actually in my notes of something that they got right. He's okay. making a, a bet for the dealers on the pass line, yeah. and then immediately backs it up with odds. And when you take odds for the dealers, you say, oh, the dealers have shoes. And I don't really remember hearing shoes used to refer to odds for anything other than a dealer tip. Okay. You know, like, oh, I'm going to take shoes for myself. No, it's, you know, dealer have sho has shoes. Uh, that's odds bet for them. Yeah, that's actually something I've heard many times over the years. 
Interesting. So I, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you clarified because I was wondering if that was an odds reference or if that was a dealer bet reference. And it sounds so, like it's a it's it's odds for the dealers is yeah. shoes it's not the actual pass line bet it's the odds dealers have shoes okay. and again i i actually put that in my notes as okay good they got that one right yeah okay very good uh by the way art in the games in the house what's going on excellent yeah excellent good to see you welcome um there oh there was one other oh uh i really appreciated the dealer's character here the her personality like yes. the, that line of uh we got it shooter we got him shooter i can't remember the exact line but like she she hears him call for it looking for it and she plays off of what he says to to announce it that he got it right and, yeah. and I, just, I i like that uh I, that, that's very realistic right yeah and her uh, tone yeah. and everything is she could be a real dealer maybe they actually got one of the real dealers there at Peppermill to uh Right. You know, to play play herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Part two. Um, this is when Shelly walks up and is curious uh about the game going on. Yeah. Uh the the between these two clips, the the son would have like he's on a bit of a heater. He's yes. he's hit some points and made made some money. And just to be clear <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, sorry, as soon as you're uh, caught. But but the reason that uh, that Bernie is so upset is because, yeah, it wasn't just a gift of money to his son. His son actually said, we're really strapped. Oh, you know, yeah. my girlfriend's pregnant. We really need this money. Right. And then to see him gambling at a table, that's why Bernie's so upset. So right. go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on. All right. Yeah, he's up 18,000 since I stepped up to the table. Sorry, Shelly, I'm, I'm kind of hit or miss these days. Oh my god. Oh my god, I can feel a kid. Fucking amateurs. Guys, I thank you. My pregnant wife thanks you. <laughs> my unborn child thanks you. Color me up, will you? And keep one of these little blue ones for yourself. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. All right. It's quite a run you had there, Chip. Yeah, yeah. Lucky, lucky night, I guess, huh? So exciting to watch, too. If you don't mind, I'd like to settle this up in my office. I don't want to lay out that kind of cash on the floor. Up there, relax a bit, have a drink, maybe a poison, a little apple juice for the mother to be here. Seriously? Yeah. Should I take this stuff with me? No. So uh what i like one thing that i I liked the way the i thought it was a creative way to show what shelly's picking up on right like showing the x-rayed hands uh, yeah yeah. exactly (laughs) um so something i'm curious what what your interpretation was here you hear shelly sort of uh mutter amateurs and 
uh, the first time I heard it, I actually like thought it was like commentary on everybody around him of like, you don't see this happening. Mm-hmm. But I, now that I've seen it a few times, I think he's actually talking about the guy, the mechanic, and that he he feels like what he's doing is pretty obvious. What was like? What, what do you think he's commenting on the shooter and the changing of the dice, or do you think he's commenting on his staff who's like not picking up on this? No, I think he's talking about the shooter. Okay, uh, yeah, and the changing of the dice. That's what I would assume. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, he says amateurs right as he's supposedly you know recognizing that uh, right that um, uh, Mikey is is actually putting the real dice back into the game, which it seems to be doing at that point. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a really nice uh I thought it was a I thought it was a really cool way to show that Shelley's that Shelley's not only old school in the way he wants to run a casino sort of like monet like functionally and monetarily. They show him like the with the guy that he has with like with the uh that does his shows and stuff like that. But like he knows like the cons, right? Like he and like this is like he walks up, watches like watches a guy for like ten seconds and he's like that amateur right right and i just thought it was it was a nice uh like just another great good look into uh sort of you know the 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 cloth in which shelly's cut from in vegas Mm -hmm. right um anything else from this scene uh no i think that's it very good um so this was something that i thought was oh so i actually have one more one more note on this he's making bets for the dealers and then he calls them he's like pay me moron and then makes another bet and he's like this bet's for the morons yeah and i i was confused i was like is he like jokingly calling the the dealers morons while also like supporting them financially like i was i was struggling with that juxtaposition of his insults maybe playful insults but also clearly he's like having fun with them yeah i you know we know of a regular at Harris Southern California who does that sort of verbally abusive to the dealers, not, you know, out of line, but calls them names, you know, after dice rolls or, you know, doing something, but then is a very good tipper. Uh, So they kind of put up with it, I guess it's again, I've never seen him say anything that was really offensive or out of line, more just kind of calling them names. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a tactic for some players apparently. Okay. Uh <laughs> very well. The um, um at this point um all I really have is from here on out and again I don't want to get too much into the plot line but from here until the end of the movie it's just it's sort of a couple transitions between him being down on his luck and being uh, being him being bernie the uh william h uh goodness why am i getting um william h macy's character um the cooler it's just a train it's like he's back down on his luck and then he's back up on his luck and it's sort of like this how's this gonna end oh this roller coaster of his luck um and it ends with him being on a um and this really isn't much of a uh, of a spoiler uh it it is kind of the last scene but uh i I will mention it here but the the, how we get here i'm not going to talk about but he he's finally on a table uh he's trying to play with it with what finally he's back on his upswing of luck and he goes on a little bit of a heater at a craps table and Shelly wa- comes into frame or comes into the scene to uh, to watch him and at one point leading up to this 
uh bernie says to shelly like you're the cooler now like implies that like i'm up on my luck you're the one who's like sad mm-hmm. and alone and by yourself yeah. like you're, you're the one down on your luck and when when shelly comes into the scene uh bernie loses a couple line bets and it yeah. kind of and it kind of implies yeah this is you know shelly's come in he's become the cooler and then bernie thinks about it for a couple of minutes or for a couple of seconds takes the rest of his stack puts it on the on the on the pass line he goes and throws a dice and it cuts scene to him leaving the, leaving the casino so just one correction there oh. he puts most of his chips in the field Oh, in the field. That's right. Yep. That's and right. in fact, yes, one of the players even mentions it. It's it's actually eighty thousand dollars. I thought it was interesting. I'm going to bring it up here. Eighty thousand dollars in the field, and you might be thinking, oh, why would they allow that bet? But again, yeah, Shelley, the owner of the casino, is basically there. So you know, if he needed to give some kind of approval, yeah. you know, it would have been done. And then you don't actually, yeah, you don't find out what the role of the dice is till uh, a few scenes later. Um, and I'm not going to say with the. I'm not going to say with no, the. That's yeah, good you, enough to, yeah, that's mm-hmm. good enough right there. There's yep. nothing else to add for our, for for our purposes here. So, yeah. uh, what else do you got for the cooler? Okay, so again, you know, some uh, realistic things, some not too realistic. For some reason, that final scene that we're talking about there, where he makes a big field bet, they're using rounded dice. When you watch it going down, you know they're not proper craps dice. You know they're ones with rounded edges, and I'm one. That's such a simple thing to. To get right, I'm wondering why they used round. If there was, it was deliberate. If there was a problem uh, with filming, you know, the the sharp edge dice. But you know, that was kind of disappointing. And again, like I said um, in the previous uh, movie as well, you know, maybe a couple of two handed rolls. Like I think Nikki actually uses two hands at one point in that scene, where uh, right after he gets hit in the head. Uh, just a couple things, you know. There's uh, one of the, the running themes to the movie is what you mentioned before, where uh, Shelley is complaining about how the strip is Disneyland now. And, you know, it's ridiculous and, you know, it's for families and everything. And that's kind of a running th- theme through the whole thing. And at one point in a later scene, Shelley actually says, you know, if we make all these changes and we try to be like this Disneyland or like for families, it's just going to come around again. To the way it is, because people like old Vegas. And in a way, he was kind of right. You know, when this movie came out, they were starting to kind of de-theme things. But, uh, you know, he was kind of prophetic in that, you know, he predicted that, okay, it's it's one thing to have these themes, but Vegas is eventually going to go back to the way it was, you know, gambling and everything. Certain amount of truth there, although we've discussed on all of our shows that Vegas is maybe not so much about gambling anymore, certainly on the Strip, because, uh, you know, you can gamble, people can gamble close to their homes now, which was not the case even in 2003, like it is now. Yeah. And so they're changing things, restaurants, shows, that kind of thing. But will Vegas, you know, eventually still just be all about, you know, the money and the gambling? And maybe we'll see. Um, the A couple more things here. The uh, The... Some other running themes through the whole movie is superstitions. Certainly the idea of a cooler, you know, Mm -hmm. in real life, it's not a real thing. But within the reality of this movie, when he is with Maria, not he's like a reverse cooler. He's like good luck. You know, when he's trying to, you know, cool off people at the table, they're actually having really good luck. When he's not with Maria, he is a cooler and he's bringing bad luck. And, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin's character, Shelley, is completely bought into this idea. You know, in fact, when when Bernie is not able to cool off the players, 
Shelly goes up to him like, what's going on? Like, he's right. angry. How come you're not doing, you know, your cooling ability? <laughs> How come it's not happening? Also, um, uh, Natalie is into astrology. You know, if you want to talk about superstition, whether you believe in astrology or whatever, you know, it's kind of along the same lines. She talks about, hey, the stars are lined up here or they're not lined up. You know, is that going to affect? And in, there's one scene where they're at a table in a restaurant and the salt shaker spills. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a slow motion shot of the sl- of the salt, you know, dip being dumped on the table, which for some people is bad luck, right? So, you know, that's kind of a, also a, a theme that it runs is. through the whole uh, uh, it, movie. I was say on that on that um, the the symbols of bad luck. Uh, he 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 loses his cat. Like he doesn't know where his cat is at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> right. His cat comes back, and he owns a black cat. Right. Yeah. And right. It's just uh-huh. funny. Like, yeah, this, you know, this guy with this immensely bad luck also owns a black cat. So, yeah. 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 Uh, a couple other things, too. This fictional hotel that supposedly is on Fremont Street is called Golden Shangri-La. And I think that uh, Michael James even um, mentioned that it was filmed at uh, what was the uh, Golden Phoenix in uh, Reno. It's now uh, called the Montage. I think it's just apartments right now. But uh, I think they actually filmed it there while there were some renovations or something going on. So they kind of had the casino to themselves uh, to do this filming. And it, it, they did a pretty good job because if you look at the felts, especially like the blackjack felts, it says, you know, Shangri-La. Even the yeah. chips say Shangri-La. A lot of times, you know, you don't get close-ups on that. So I think they did a real good job there. Uh, Shangri-La is uh, this... In the movie Lost Horizon, I think it was 1937, Shangri-La is like this uh, utopia that Westerners find where, you know, it's supposedly way high up in the mountains, but the weather is perfect and nobody ages and everything. And so, again, this kind of plays into the superstitions, I think, in the movie. You know, this is the Shangri-La. The casino is the Shangri-La. And, in fact, there's one scene. Well, Shelley actually talks about the movie Lost Horizon. He's talking about Shangri-La. And in fact, Lost Horizon is a movie that's playing on the TV when they discover that their lounge act buddy has OD'd. Just a real quick clip. You see Lost Horizon on the TV. So it pulls it all in together. One more thing I'll say about this, uh, Tim. I I don't know that this movie holds up. Uh, It Hmm. certainly doesn't hold up as well as Hard Eight. Hard Eight, I have no trouble recommending to people. But I don't know if it holds up, and it's kind of for the reasons I mentioned before about Alec Baldwin. Some of the scenes, it's almost uh, too much melodrama or, you know, kind of rolling the eyes of this might work better. It's almost a parody of itself at this point. So uh, even though I I did enjoy it, there were stretches there where it's like, uh, this is not quite as good a movie as I remember it. So maybe it's because it's a second viewing or whatever. What do you think? Yes. So we had, um, and my uh, color up is, is also curious about sort of what of our final ratings are here for movies and what we enjoy more. I think, I think we both agree that we enjoy hard eight more. Yes, absolutely. Um, the cooler is the cooler to me doesn't have any rewatch value, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I like, I've only watched it again. So I've watched it a couple times. And the only reason is because is for this show. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know after this, I may never watch the cooler. again. I don't think I will. No. Yeah. Um, but I may watch hard eight again at some point. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 
you know, we had, we had talked before we before we went uh, went live about, you know, movies that maybe we would recommend to people um, that aren't gamblers. Gambling movies we'd recommend to people who aren't gamblers because it's just a good movie. Rounders, of course, is a really great example. I yeah. think Hard Eight's a pretty good example. I think it's um, you know, Ocean's Eleven obviously isn't really. Oh, yeah, good. sure. Yeah, that, of course. Yeah, I didn't really even easy. think of that, but that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of other. Um, you may like two for the money. I don't know if I'd recommend to people who aren't. No, gamblers, not to right? average people. No. Yeah, no. and and when I now that we have gotten to this part of the conversation, I'm not sure I'd recommend the cooler to non-gamblers. I think I would only recommend it to gamblers for the gambling references, the the story of the cooler, uh, if you will. And yeah, you're right. I mean, after after a stretch on Thirty Rock. <laughs> yeah, you, it's tough to watch. It's, it's tough to see Alec, Alec Baldwin as anything other than that character or Donald Trump, right? It's difficult yeah, to right. see anything else. Yeah, right. And it, yeah, it's uh, it. Alec Baldwin aside, I, I still think a lot of other elements of the movie. No, that just doesn't. It doesn't hold up. Maybe like it did in two thousand three. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, has anyone filled anything at Harris SoCal? Has that been a thing? Not that I know of. They, everyone they they film commercials, and um, uh, Rob Riggle is like their spokesman right now. So, you know they <laughs> they film commercials with him there, but I don't think anything beyond that. No. Uh, fun fact about uh, Rob Riggle: um, he is uh, he's a Marine Corps veteran. Oh, I know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, for those straight, I mean, everybody knows the betterlife.us slash merch promo code yo eleven gets you eleven percent off of your purchase. There's hoodies in there. Mark, nice. you want a hoodie? Do you like hoodies? I'm not really, I'm not really a hoodie guy. But no. you're in Southern California. What do you need a hoodie for? Yeah, what did I, what, yeah exactly. Yeah, I do have, I, I, you know, I'm wearing the green because it's kind of the St. Pa- Patrick's Day tomorrow when we're recording this. Right. And I don't know if you can see there. Oh, uh, Parks, Parks and, Rec. and Rec, another uh, fun show sure. to watch. So, yeah. I am I am wearing my original Gamble. Oh, there you go. Uh, I wear that when I do yard work. Too sure. <laughs> <laughs> um very good well there's nothing else uh nothing else in the comments mark thank you so much for doing this again with me yeah you bet this is always fun um so oh of course i buried it i had it available and then i buried it in paperwork but i sent you a text message someone has given me a copy of pool hall junkies i saw that yep and guess what mark we're what? gonna do it we're all right gonna do it is that um, the next one that is the next one so at least pool hall junkies possibly uh a second one if we can think of one or we'll we'll think of one i'm i'm, I'm sure uh okay. but pool hall junkies definitely on the docket for next time uh you've seen him in the comments i've brought him up color up him and i are going to be doing uh one of these next week uh i owe you a um <laughs> uh i i owe color up an email we're going to get this set up probably for next tuesday again assuming he's still available uh on tuesday and um we'll be as all crafts we're going to talk about it's going to be Fantastic. front to back talking about the game of Great. crafts we're going to we're so much crafts uh mark you might even get bored at the end like goodness gracious talk about something else for wow oh my gosh <laughs> all right everybody Thank you so much for for following and for for listening and watching here on the live stream. This will come out on Thursday. Mark, it's always a pleasure, sir. Yes, as it is for me. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. Uh, I think Mark and I decided that we're going to do Pool Hall Junkies and Owning Mahoney for next time. Okay, Pool Hall Junkies, 
Owning Mahoney. It'll be streaming on uh, Twitch and YouTube. Um, I don't think I think I took it out of uh, I think I, I probably edited it out, but something that uh, the str- that people watching the stream would have known. YouTube actually de- uh, actually uh, took down the stream or paused it anyways um, in the middle of the stream and then brought it back up once uh, once the one of the clips was over for uh, because I was playing a clip from Hard Eight and they actually recognized it as copyright material, which doesn't surprise me necessarily. I mean I understand that it's one of the rules, but um, I was surprised because it's a clip that can be found on YouTube and not from like an official channel. So it made me wonder like what the difference is between me playing it there and it existing there. And anyways, but uh, lesson learned there. Um, I'll probably try again one more time, sort of with the uh, with the clips, maybe make them shorter or or whatnot. But uh, Twitch tv slash the better life uh is where you can follow the stream there uh and then on youtube if you go to the pinned tweets um in my uh my twitter page um link to my youtube channel is there you can subscribe tuesday tuesday at 8 p.m uh i will be streaming with color up uh and we are talking craps if you're unfamiliar color up is a channel on youtube if you've never seen i mean color up it's he's, he's got nearly 50,000 subscribers uh ton of videos all on the game of craps so uh we are going to do a traditional interview of course with him learning about him as a gambler um sort of as uh, you know what got him into crap stuff like that and then um, I will discuss the game of craps with him for as long as I think we can and for as long as uh, him and I are interested. Um, go through like some of our favorite bets and some maybe some stories, uh, what we tell uh, beginners, etc, uh, etc. Et so uh, 8 p.m. Twitch, YouTube, and possibly Facebook, probably Facebook. So if you're a Facebook user, facebook.com slash the better life is going to be another channel that I'm going to add to the stream, hopefully, uh, and that'll that'll also be there. So we hope to uh, hope to see you in the stream. The last thing I'm going to say before I uh, before I wrap up here. So, a question I often get probably probably about once a week. I get someone DMing me asking uh, about sports books, which which sports book app I prefer. Um, and I give them uh, just sort of my basic opinion. And right now, I would have to say DraftKings and BetRivers are probably the two two places that I. Uh, that I sort of prefer the most, but I actually have some data to back this up now. Um, I, w- I recorded uh, all of my soccer bets for a week. Again, this is just soccer, but I recorded all of my soccer bets for, for a week, a seven-day period. 132 total plays, seven of them were on FanDuel, if that gives you an idea of um, how, you know, not only preference of app, but sort of you know, only seven out of 132 times were the odds better, uh, was a line better on FanDuel than the other places that I, that I get down. So, um, hopefully that answers that question for more of you. Okay. I'm going to get this out the door. Uh, the better life has been a busy one. I appreciate everybody's patience. We're coming back this week with color up. And for those of you that want to get ahead on the next better viewing with Mark Duvall, owning Mahoney, it's on YouTube, Pool Hall Junkies, you might have to hunt down some of the DVD because it is not streaming anywhere, but uh, we're doing it anyways because I want to. Thanks. Good luck with your bets in March Madness. Hope your brackets stay intact. I'm Timothy Lawson on behalf of Mark Duvall. Good night and good luck. Good luck.